We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale and producer Cole, baby. You know what that means. It means it's pro wrestling on the show today. We told you earlier in the week, it's all about AEW full gear. We're going to preview the entire card today, give our predictions, talk about AEW Dynamite that happened earlier in the week. A little bit weird there. But if you guys are first tuning into our show on the Corner Podcast, we talk boxing, pro wrestling, and MMA, mixed with a little bit of hip-hop and current events, whatever crosses our timeline. But today is all pro wrestling, all about the wrestling, all about full gear. Cole, baby, you look like the ultimate heel. You would not fit in in AEW right now because we don't know who are heels, who are faces, who are tweeners. What is going on in this promotion? Dre, you once sat in this chair. Tony Khan sat where I'm at right here. It was all sunshine and rainbows, an hour-long conversation. Turns out that was the last night of happiness this man may have had. That literally all went to shit after our interview. (laughs) After that. I can't. Damn. Cole cursed him. It was Cole's fault. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Tony. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally... That was the last interview that he did, the last major interview before the world went to shit. Yep. And we were there as and watched the shit start to burn. You and Cole backstage for like four hours. Yep, me and Cole like, huh. Tony's like, oh, I got you guys. I'll, I'll be here in a second. Got to have a meeting real quick. Oh, hey, there goes MJF. Hmm. <laughs> Next thing we know, all these damn dirt sheets pop up and MJF is leaving and it's, it hasn't been the same since. So when Double or Nothing is here next year, It'll be the one-year anniversary of bringing Tony back. Boy, what a conversation we're about to have with him. A lot changes in a year in pro wrestling. Oh, especially there. Yeah, I mean, stuff changes in a couple of weeks. One of the things that's changed a lot for AEW is the number of injuries. Weekly TV lends itself to a large amount of injuries. They're going through it. I don't think, because people say, well, WWE had injuries. Yeah, they did, but... This is, I was looking at the list of injuries over the past year. This is bad. Like, Hangman Adam Page, 
CM Punk, obviously. Multiple times. Several. Uh, you had Kenny Omega. You can't forget Kenny was hurt. Adam Cole. Scorpio Sky. Chris Statlander. Red Velvet. Layla Hirsch. Christian Cage. Ruby Riot. Ruby, Ruby Soho. Soho. That's 10. Ricky Starks didn't get cleared last week so he could wrestle Lance Archer. So he's coming back on Friday. One of FTR were hurt, but they battled through it. Dax. Yeah, no, they, both, no. both of them got hurt. Yeah, but Dax went on like his solo run at first. Yeah, because Cash got hurt. Because Cash got hurt, and they were like just trying to space it out and let him get some, I'm trying to think. some time to heal. Everybody in that company that's it's been in a major angle. Phoenix got hurt. Yeah, Ray Phoenix, yes. For Ray Phoenix while. got hurt. And they don't even do house shows. No. Like, WWE has injuries at house shows. When Seth Rollins blew his knee out, it was that house show with Kane trying to do a podcast. Kevin Owens just got hurt at a house show. Yeah. Tweaked his knee. But they don't even do house shows. It's just a rat. Danielson got hurt. Like, you go through the list, it's like, yeah, we're going to be critical of the booking, but fuck. It's like, it's like doing a TV show, and you have to do the show, but all the actors are gone. Yeah. Just and it's like, we just got to do a new story. You got, like, one person. It's like doing... Married with children and everybody's out except for Kelly Bundy. It's like, what are we going to do here? <laughs> There's worse, worse people to be left around. Um, Cole, I asked you this then to, to jump on Dre's train of thought. Is this a sustainable model for AEW on television? Is this wrestling style maintainable for television? Weekly TV. Did the WWE dumb down style of wrestling? Is that a necessity? Because maybe you can't do all this crazy shit week in and week out. Maybe you can't bleed every week. Maybe you can't Ray Phoenix splash and jump over shit every single Wednesday. Maybe you can't defend titles every Wednesday like Moxie's on a blistering pace right now of title defenses. Maybe you just defend titles at pay per views. Maybe. You dumb down the styles. Maybe you have shorter matches on weekly TV. Is that a necessity thing? Is that something AEW has to learn? Or is these freak accidents on there? I think uh, it's a, it is a mixed bag. I, I don't, but I, 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 would, I would tend to agree that uh, it doesn't really necessarily need to change. Because at the end of the day, they got a deep roster for a reason. Um, you know, we we spent so much time seeing everybody come over and then you go, well, shit, where are all these people going to fit? Um, and I think some people have not only gone out at inopportune times, there have also been people who've kind of crept back in at interesting times because they were out for a period of time beforehand. So you end up kind of getting some interesting matchups due to that. I think AEW has to kind of live and die by the brand. If anything, you may see more of a limited uh, indie schedule for some of these uh, wrestlers. Uh, which means that Tony would have to pony up and make sure that like, okay, if you're not going to do an indie show here or there, you're going to have to get some more money here and there. But um, no, I I don't think they can necessarily go away from that brand of wrestling because I think that's what makes people tune in every week and that's what makes them uh, different from WWE. So um, I think at the end of the day, it's also been, I think the other thing you forgot to mention is uh, it's not only injuries, uh, suspensions Weird. have been a big part of that doesn't uh, of, of the weekly television. Because it's not just, I mean, yes, CM Punk, obviously, Kenny Omega, the elite, but then you got Sammy Guevara getting in trouble. You have Eddie Kingston getting suspended. Yeah, it's been... Andrade, uh, a, still a, not back. Andrade, <laughs> gone, yeah. So I think it's, this has been 
one heck of an interesting year for Tony Khan. I think it's you guys bring up a great point. That was, I mean, maybe you could say that that dynamite that was there in Vegas was really the last moment of true peace and happiness because that's when the hangman promo yeah. happened with CM yep. Punk in the ring. Um, but I guess like that was kind of the calm before the storm. And then Tony was sitting in that seat and that was that. Um, it's really because the Celtics lost game six that night. Um, but um, <laughs> I think it's, you know, uh, yeah, it's it, it was. I don't think they can go away from it. I truly think most of this is kind of just by freak happenstance. I think you got to kind of go with where your bread is buttered. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Cole. I, you can't change the style. Most of these injuries aren't even happening with like crazy movesets. Like they're just happening. Adam Cole's injury at the end of the, for di- that, that match was out of nowhere. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, routine, you know, lariat flip lands on his head. Like you can't change the style. It's just the worst streak of injuries that this company could possibly have. Like WWE's had injuries, like when Finn Balor got hurt, Rollins got hurt. You know, he had Roman Reigns out with leukemia for a period yep. of time. But this is Punk, Page, Cole. Like, all of your top guys have been out. All of them. And on one hand, it has kind of helped because you get, you get to try out other talent in different roles and see what happens. But on the other hand, I don't know if they're doing, using the right talent. They're still trying to keep certain things in place. So, like, for instance, uh, you know, you put Moxley back in this spot as the champion again, and you're working your way back into this thing with MJF, but yet you bring along the firm. And it's like, well, what the fuck are the firm? I don't know. W. Morrissey. They're just, they're just a bunch of guys, right? Aside from Ethan Page, the reason why Ethan Page is out, the Scorpio got hurt. Yeah. Because everybody forget what happened to Dan Lambert. He's disappeared. American Top Team shit is dead. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, Lambert was a good heat magnet, but there was... There's really nothing it's not there. sustainable. No. So they, they've just run into a huge string of bad luck. And, and the other side of that coin is they don't have enough TV hours to fill with all this talent. Well, dedicating a ton of time to ROH doesn't help. No, but that's what happens when you buy a company. I think. Is that a good decision? That happened within the past six months. Yeah. You have that uh, absolutely. above him. You have to buy ROH. If it becomes available, you don't want the competition to buy that. You have to purchase ROH. Yeah, but you don't have to put them on your television. You do if you want a TV deal. They had, in order to get a a streaming deal, whatever they're working on with Time Warner, they had to prove it was a viable commodity. So you had to put them on TV. You had to do a pay-per-view. And now they got to do two. I like the idea of pay-per-views. But you got to put them on TV because why are people going to buy a pay-per-view if you don't put them on TV? That's a good question, but I feel like AEW had pay-per-view sales before TV. It's not the they same. They got a deal without proving weekly TV. It's not, ROH has been on TV before. But nobody cares. Legacy. You got to think. AEW is pulling ratings that no other TV brand outside of WWE has ever done. ROH was on Sinclair. That's like, that's 25 years ago. Just saying. So you have a new group of fans yeah. who are just watching what's on TV. They see WWE and now they see AEW. And then in order, you have to introduce Ring of Honor to a, a group of people who've never heard of the brand because it died and it wasn't like people were watching it on Sinclair. Yeah, that's so weird to me because like, I, I guess TV and streaming go hand in hand. But like NXT never had to be prominent in WWE space to get they a had, streaming deal. They had a whole well, network. It was their, it was their <laughs> network. They had a whole network. they got a deal without being prominent on WWE television is all I'm saying. Well, no, because they had a network. 
WWE had a network. NXT was built through the network. Yes. So when they sold it to Peacock, they sold a viable commodity that they used with takeovers and ticket sales. It's like, we have a brand that we can put on television right now. If you don't, if you buy ROH and just let it sit, Time Warner's not going to be like, oh yeah, we're going to give you an hour or two of television or something we know nothing about. Because at any job, the higher-ups, they don't know anything. All they want to see is numbers. <laughs> like That's all they want to see. So when Death Before Dishonor and I'm sure Final Battle will do well, that'll be like, okay, we, we understand now. But if you don't put it on TV, it doesn't work. They're in a catch-22. Because I'm sure they thought, oh, we're going to get it Ring of Honor. And I'm sure Tony was like, I should have a TV rights deal before the end of the year. Then Time Warner said, eh, we're going to start cutting all this original program. Yep. And they're like, shit, now it's going to slow down everything because it's business. It's big business, how it works. So now he's got to wait. He's got to twiddle his thumbs. He's got to put the title on somebody that's visible in Jericho. Uh, he put it on Claudio. And it's like, all right, how much longer can we do this? Uh, he had a media call today. And he basically said, I got to, if we don't have a deal, I got to figure out what I'm doing because I don't want Ring of Honor to cannibalize the product. But I have to feature that brand on TV. So people have to see it. So the, it makes it tough. <laughs> the purchase of Ring of Honor for the sake of a competitor not having it, I'm not saying it was the wrong move. It's made things very difficult. Yeah, but you, you have to do it. You, can't, you cannot let WWE get their hands on Ring of Honor. WWE would have closed up shop, used the catalog, and that's it. We're not even sure of that. Depending on when they purchased it, and depending on when... I mean, you can't let a library get in the hands of somebody else if you have the opportunity to use it especially when a lot of your talent worked at Ring of Honor, because eventually people forget, man. AEW hasn't been here a half a decade yet. No. Eventually, they're going to do documentaries. Eventually, they're going to do all kinds of... But if you don't have the rights to the footage, you're fucked. So you can't let WWE have it. You have to... It's a brand. It's viable. It is established. It's been here for a long time. And then you have talent that worked that brand. You have to buy it. This, this little hiccup is... And I call it a, really a little hiccup. We'll forget about this shit. If ROH gets a TV deal, everything will be fine. Yeah, as long as they move the majority of it off of Dynamite. I'm yeah. perfectly fine. Uh, let's dive into this. Cole, baby. I'm interested to see what your thoughts are. And we'll, mi we'll uh -huh. mix in a little bit of the Dynamite talk as we go. Because a lot happened on Dynamite. Confused not, the shit out of me. Not a lot happened on Dynamite. A lot happened to confuse the shit out of me. A lot, a lot of dumb shit happened on that. Well, not even dumb. Um, things that... All right. So when you're watching a show, yes. right? And you know it's like the season finale is coming up. You have that one episode and it's like, fuck, why did you have this? Game of Thrones. Constant. Game of Thrones is just bad booking all the way around. Um, <laughs> but this was like you got to your season finale and you were like, all right, we're getting ready for a season finale because every pay-per-view is a season finale. And it's like, let's make this show big. And then it happened. And you're like, I don't, this didn't help me want to see the season finale. There were choices on this show that were concerning. Puzzling. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, we'll talk about it. So first match, Brian Cage um, versus. That match is not nope, happening. That match is a wrap. Brian Cage versus Lance Archer or Ricky Starks. Archer sidelines Ricky Starks for the week happening on Dynamite now. Yeah, the finals are happening on Dynamite. Um, They're doing it's not Lance Rampage, Rampage. No, no, the finals are happening next week on Dynamite. So yes. you're having Ricky Starks is working oh. Lance Archer at on Rampage, and I believe they're going to do 
the semifinal match at zero hour. Tony mentioned this today. It's like he's booking the card. It's funny because Cole was here. Tony Khan was moving the card around as he was watching game six of the Celtics. And you can hear him on the call. He was like, ah, yeah, I got to. Like, he's literally moving things in real time. This is a foreign thing for him. Um, So, yeah, they're doing. It seems like the way he kept talking is like, we can't do it without Ricky Starks. All right, fine. Ricky Starks is probably going to be in the finals against all ego Ethan Page. Probably on Dynamite. That's where the finals will happen. Okay. So, yes. So, the semifinals. That's why it's listed. I get it now. Zero hour. Brian Cage versus Lance Archer or Ricky Starks, depending on who wins on Friday. There you go. Yeah. And this is the semifinal match to see who goes against Ethan Page. Yep. It's a lot of matches for a guy coming off of an injury. Yeah. Uh, but as long as Lance Archer doesn't win, I'm fine. He won't. His extensions, his cornrows, they're like, I can't do it. Well, you know, it's weird because... Murder Hawk. Because depending on who the champion is, and the winner gets the title shot as winner is coming, right? If whoever wins is going to lose. Yeah. It's a loser's bracket tournament. So it gets very interesting as we go through this card. Maybe Ricky Starks doesn't win. Maybe Ethan Page does win. And now you have the firm's Ethan Page against possibly MJF. What is that? There is means a, Ethan Page is going to lose. Well, but I'm saying, but there, there is Doesn't something look. to this story as we, as what are, what are they doing is what I'm trying to figure out. There's got to be something in play and I can't figure out what it is. I have an idea, but I'm not sure. I have no clue. That's makes me sick to think of a uh, very heelish Ethan Page He's going like, against a very baby face. No, I don't MJF. think we're going there, but yeah, we'll so get hopefully, to hopefully not. Yeah. Um, First official card, Wardlow versus Mojo versus Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm watching this with Big Mac, Ryan McKinnon, at my crib, watching it live. Uh, five TV setup, by the way. We're watching it on the sides and playing Madden. Mm-hmm. So we're watching AEW, and I'm like, yo, this is the epitome of WWE booking. And a lot of this show was for like a WWE go-home show. I was like, did Vince take over Gorilla? So they come out. Joe is in there talking to Powerhouse Hobbs. Then you have Wardlow sneak him from behind. They start fighting. Hobbs decides to get in the ring. So all three of them start brawling. It's weird to me because Hobbs is the heel. Why are you going to join that? Just let them beat the shit out of each other. It's smart heel business. But whatever. You go in, Captain Save a Hobbs. Goes in, tries to beat God knows who up. And I was like, watch. The locker room's going to empty. Locker room empty. I was like, yo, this is like a WWE go home show. I know everything that's going to happen here. So it's one of those things where Hobbs is playing the tweener role in this, in my opinion. And I don't like it. How do you see him playing the tweener role? He's a heel. He's a very obvious heel in this. Is he more heel than Joe? Yes. No. How? Joe just choked the man out. Because he threatened to take his title. Joe feels very obligated. This fight's not even for Joe's title. Doesn't matter. He doesn't like Wardlow being on a tag team saying, I'll take everybody out because it started with Wardlow and Hobbs. Wardlow kept talking shit and ignoring Joe and was just like, I'll get any title on this show. Joe's like, the fuck you talking about? But is that sleep? Yes. But Hobbs is the heel. There is no tweener role for him. He's the heel. Joe's more of the tweener than Hobbs is. 
I don't know. I don't like Tweener Joe. He's doing more heel as shit. That promo in the ring was super heel, Joe. Samoa, Samoa Joe is a heel. I think Regal's a heel. Joe's a heel. These are guys who have been heels like a majority of their career. Yes, CM Punk is a heel. They just happen to be baby faces in certain roles. To be completely honest, John Moxley's a heel. Yeah. We haven't got there yet, but it's coming. MJF is a heel. Well, yeah, Eternal. he's here through, through and through. But Joe, Joe is playing more to who he is than Babyface Joe is fun for like a couple weeks. Yeah. Joe that destroys people is much better. He's older now, but this version of Joe is much better. But just the shit out of Ward. Hobbs is a fucking heel. There's no nobody's cheering for Powerhouse. Nobody was cheering for anyone. This crowd sucked. Uh, Cole, how do you see this match going? Well, you know, regardless of uh, who's playing what roles, uh, there's only one way to qualify this match. And I think we know what it all is. Does it have to be? It's big boy. <laughs> it's big boy. And it's big boy. You know what that means? It's big meanie men slapping me. Yeah, <laughs> we is. got here. And that is honestly all it kind of needs to be. Uh, the buildup for this, yeah, has been a little wonky, but I think anything that's dealt with a TNT title and Wardlow's run has been kind of wonky. I think this is a good, this is a good chance for them to kind of um, reset the field a little bit with these three in the ring. And they could maybe do something here really, uh, re- like really good for all parties. Cause I think uh, Wardlow, it's always been, he's needs, he's needed people in the ring with him to kind of be able to go mono a mano with him early in his run. It was all squash matches, uh, I think his match with Brian Cage was really good and it showed what he can do because not only is he huge, but he's a freak athlete. Powerhouse Hobbs kind of fills that role. And then you've got the the veteran Samoa Joe who knows exactly what he's doing in there. So I think this can kind of reset the table for the TNT title picture, which I think it could really use. So I think this is a case of uh, this is a match that needs to kind of get its story told in the ring and we don't need any of the extracurriculars. Let's just get them in there and let's have them beat the shit out of each other. Who takes it? Wardlow. Oh, he retained. I still think it's Wardlow, yeah. I'm going to agree. <laughs> I'm going powerhouse, man. I think Wardlow retains. I, I think Wardlow get his, get, can get his revenge on Samoa Joe for choking him the hell out. I think Joe takes the pin. ROH guys tend to lose a lot on these AEW pay-per-views. And then Joe goes off to just being ROH television champion again. It, it The belt is a bit stale on Wardlow. But I, I think right now, I'd rather see him Hobbs solo feud going into Winter's Coming or whatever pay-per-views after that in January and Hobbs take the belt off him then, then, then win here, possibly due to either pinning Joe or some type of accident type thing. I, they're good enough to stand toe-to-toe and Hobbs to win. that. Yeah, I'm picking Hobbs um, because I feel like Warlow did nothing for the TNT title. And he doesn't really even need it. And also foreshadowing, if MJF wins, there's a logical feud between Warlow and MJF for the title. Um, but Joe's not eating the pin. Fight on battles a month away. Joe, they can't have their champion lose unless no, they can't. They can't do it because <laughs> more than likely, the person who doesn't win the TNT title is going to face Joe at final battle. So Joe versus Hobbs at final battle. 
It's possible. It's, I'm Pop's got to lose twice. They don't have they don't have a lot of time between now and final battle. But I think Hobbs should win because I just think it, you need a fresh coat of paint on the TNT title. Wardlow had it. He's had it since what June? Yep. And it doesn't matter. Nobody's really cared. At Powerhouse. I think you have a heel with a championship gives an opportunity for a lot of baby faces for him to beat up. Because they are babyface heavy at AEW. Yeah. So. I mean, if, when I know who is what. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but they are babyface heavy. So I, I like to see power outside. I wouldn't be surprised if Wardlow won. Joe's not winning. That's the one thing that we can pretty much count out. He's yeah. not, he's not going to be a dual champion. No. Um, but he's not, I don't think he's going to eat the pin either. Because they need him strong for final battle. I don't think they care at all about ROH when it comes to the pay-per-view. They got to. How get him? You can't diminish a whole brand before the pay-per-view. They did it the last pay-per-view. They, no, they didn't. On the AEW pay-per-view, everyone from ROH. Which, which AEW pay-per-view? What was the last one? Producer Cole Bebe. Give me the name of the last pay-per-view. The last one was all out. All right. I'll look that up here in a second. In the meantime, I'll let you guys go through the next one. Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I'll start. Jungle Boy wins. Cage match. There's just, there, there's no, he needs the momentum. Like, he is a star. And eventually, he'll have to close the chapter on Christian Cage, um, who seems like he'll be back sometime in the first quarter of 2023. I feel like he needs to go, like, he needs this more than Luchasaurus does because I don't know what we're doing with Luchasaurus. Win or lose. He's Luch- just going to be the muscle, right? Luchasaurus is Lance Archer with a mask on. So, Better than Lance Archer. He's a very good wrestler. I'm just saying I would like to see Luchasaurus over at ROH. I think he has more of an upside. He's kind of capped the AEW because there's so much talent. But I feel like he's got to lose to Jungle Boy. Like, Jungle Boy kind of needs this because he needs, like, the pillars need the momentum. MJF, Darby Allin, Sammy Guevara, strange. He's in a strange spot. He doesn't necessarily need it, but Jungle Boy absolutely needs it. So I'm picking Jungle Boy. Cole? Uh, I think this is a match specifically designed to have Jungle Boy win because obviously Steel Cage you can escape. Exactly. So this is a this is a case of you know he can get a beat to shit and the crowd can kind of get behind him as the underdog and he can kind of sneak away with a victory. And I think uh, in the encounters that they've had before, correct me if I'm wrong, they think most of them have gone to Luchasaurus. I think I know the one in Canada did. Yeah. Um, when they when they fought so yeah jungle boy needs a win um and and needs to kind of to pull one out so i definitely see a case of classic baby face gets the gets the gets the daylights beaten out of him but makes the escape for the win taking luchasaurus i am pretty sold on christian cage being 100 percent healthy in terms of storyline and him coming out with the sling he's been really milking that injury and everything I think he does a reveal like, voila, my arm is fine. And then maybe shuts the door on Jungle Boy's head, allowing Luchasaurus to win. He could do that with one arm, you know. He could. But I, I think that's the reveal like, oh, I'm healthy again. and You didn't know it. Ha, ha, ha. And then you go right back to that. And I think Jungle Boy does have to win this feud eventually. But I, I think the feud is less about Luchasaurus and more about Christian Cage, the final boss. So to add more to that, and especially losing without getting pinned, with, with getting screwed over again, give me Luchasaurus winning. Because Luchasaurus win this shit, never win another match for a year and a half. 
So yeah, I, just, I just like just see, a tool. I just feel like Jungle Boy needs momentum. And uh, to answer earlier question, I guess there were only two ROH real like matches on this. The other one was AEW. So Ishii lost at All Out, and then you had um, looking through here Wardlow, FTR beat Lethal Motor City Machine Guns, and then as you go further down, Chris Jericho beat. Danielson. Yeah. So I always think it's stumped. I, I mean, they ain't win shit, but yeah, yeah it was it's not three. even a they. Because who is ROH right now? ROH people who? as a collective. Who? Anyone who was there for like a long period of time. Everybody was there. Jay Lethal. Point. No. When when shit closed down. Yeah, but Jay Lethal didn't eat a pin. Whoever so. is a champion now, like Samoa Joe, I expect him to lose if he's in anything. I, I don't. I don't see what you're talking about. I think I there's expect some, all of it. I, I expect them to keep Jericho the beat every champion they could find. But that was that's by design. The storyline. Yes, but I mean the storyline is elevating what was the company. No, you're not because out. listen, he be what's his face, Jonathan Gresham for the title. The Gresham thing will always no Claudio beat him. Claudio beat him. The Gresham thing will always be baffling to me because I I felt like Gresham could have been the anchor, but I have a feeling that Time Warner was like, nah, not him. <laughs> not that guy. Yeah, like I have a, that's my my gut him. feeling. It might be above Tony. Yeah, it might have been just like if I want to sell this company, I can't sell them on a five foot two champion, right? It beats the brakes. Yeah, but it's like if I want to establish ROH as a brand, and Chris Jericho is arguably one of your biggest stars and your best heels, and every company having a heel as your champion brings more attention to it. It makes sense for Jericho to be a champion. Some people might not like it. I don't necessarily even like it, but I get it. Beating Dalton Castle is like, so what? Dalton Castle's back hurts every two and a half days. So it's yeah. like, I can't trust him to be anything anyway. And who else did he be? Colt Cabana? Who gives a shit? I don't even know where the hell they found Colt Cabana. They found him off the set of The Young Rock, and they were like, Punk's not here. You want to sneak See, in and do something real quick? Yeah. All right, cool. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Punk is somewhere throwing cupcakes at his television when he saw that shit. Next match, Death Triangle versus the returning Elite. So, I expected a huge pop when this happened. Pat comes out, and then Lucha Bros there, great match. Calls him out after the match. He's alluding to who they want to face. Like, okay, then keep it a surprise for this weekend. Randomly, throw the graphic up. Yeah. No pop in the crowd. No one knows what the hell's happening. I thought the crowd pop. The Elite didn't come I'll watch that again. The leaks don't come out. Nothing. Graphic, back to pop. And then the back to pack, and he's just like, yeah, we're going to fight the elite finally. And you're the best. Like, the pop was almost non-existent. I was like, oh, well, that's anticlimactic for what is going to be one of the best matches on the card. It'll be the best match on the card. It's hard I, to I disagree. I don't think it will be anything else. but. The graphic, it just seemed like it just fell flat. Yeah, I mean, you didn't necessarily need them to come out. I think they've they've angled toward this like the dissolving image and them reappearing, and it was pretty obvious as soon as you know Death Triangle mentioned it. I don't think that you should wait to reveal them. You're trying to sell pay per views. Sure, it's not a network special where you you're watching it regardless. Like you got to sell the pay per view. So throwing up the graphics, let the music hit. Cut. 
Cut him off mid-sentence. Let the music hit. All you need is the graphics. All you need is the graphics. The story is the elite is back. That's all people care about. No, not all you need is graphics. I mean, the pop pop says more. Nah, it'll be fine. The the elite are a big deal, and everybody's looking forward to this match. I don't know anybody that was like, "Ah, I don't want to see this. I mean, it just fell flat in the arena, but no, everyone's going to watch the match. Match is great. But yes, the elite are going to win. Because I agree. It is time to blow Death Triangle up. I don't even know if... I mean, there's a million factions. But they don't bother me. I would love to see everyone go on their own singles journeys. That'd be dope. Well, no, they've planted the seeds. Pack is a heel. Lucha Bros yeah. are baby faces. Someone. There's no there. There's no need to keep them together. Pack has the all America all Atlantic title still. So it's like you got to do something with that. Does he? I yes. He that. He's a dual champion. No, he lost that to um, Orange Cassidy. Oh my bad. He did lose Orange Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. So Orange now he's Cassidy's be, not on this card. Orange Cassidy is not on this card. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Uh, he's about to be beltless, though. So, so Pac is, he's, there. they need heels. Pac is probably, in terms of work, he's probably your best working heel. Close. Who works better than him as a heel? It's sort of is getting there, but no, I, I think Pac's probably still a different level. I mean, they're, they're, cl- they're I mean, close. But they're, they're both like elite heels. Yes. yes. That, that'll give you work. 100%. And the Lucha Bros, I think you, you, you can find their way back into the tag title picture. Or just in, not even like a title picture, just in good tag matches. Were the elite heels when they left or were they faces? I don't even remember. The elite were trending towards heels. But remember, you had Cole, like you had a whole thing. Yeah, and then Kenny Omega thing. came back. They were baby faces again. And the Bucks were trending back into baby face territory. Okay. I, just, is, I wasn't sure where they left off. This is one of those situations where somebody comes back and it's like, it's going to be impossible to turn yeah. heel. They're going to be fucking baby faces. The pop's going to be crazy. So you put them over and then they're going to feud with House of Black. It, ha- it seems like it has to happen. It may not be immediate, House but House of Black, they've been teasing it. And thank goodness, because that's one of the best looking factions in the business. Yeah. With Buddy and like they just, and Brody, they look like a, a dominant trios team. And I think them and the elite, whenever they cross paths, will be exceptional. But right, I think man. the elite has to win here. Cole, are you going along with uh, with our predictions? You guys have talked me into it because when I initially <laughs> thought about it, you know, it's a, it's kind of. Let me. I'll, I'll pose this as a question back to you guys. Does it strike you as strange to kind of go? All right, we're just going to pick up right where we left off, right after the suspension for the elite. Because that was my thinking of like, well, you're going to just give them the titles right back, like right after they've served this, like this long suspension for this crazy ordeal with CM Punk. So and and that's not to like cast blame or anything, but it's like, you know, I, I think originally that was my hesitation in picking them. But I think from a storyline perspective, it does make more sense for they're going to like that crowd is going to erupt the second the Bucks come out, and then the second that they start, you know, Justin Roberts starts doing his Kenny Omega monologue, um, the crowd's going to absolutely erupt, and they're going to tear the house down. So, I mean, that those titles were always meant for the elite. That's why they got them in the first place. So, it it makes sense for them to get it back. I am interested to see if the suspension plays any part into any of this, but um, I, I think I think yeah, I think you guys have talked me into into the elite winning this one. Yeah, I think. Two things. I think despite the suspension, I think the majority of AEW fans see the elite as the good guys in that ordeal with CM Punk. I would agree with that. So I, I think you could come back, put the belts on them, and people are like, yay, because they, they feel like 
they're being vindicated for something CM Punk did and them kind of being attacked and, and bitten in some instances. So I think that helps. And also, not to say they're getting punished, but the easiest reintroduction is as a trios team because if they lose, then the Bucks have to go to the top of the tag team division because they still have really good win-loss record. So, like, the Bucks have to be contenders in the mix of the tag team division. You're already keeping one team away from the acclaimed. Let's not do two. And then Kenny Omega instantly shoots to the top of the singles card. And MJF, if he's a heel, or whoever the hell you have, or him and Moxley, like, it's so hard to keep Kenny Omega away from the title for any period of time that, especially if he's a white-hot baby face after this, the easiest way to do it is to put the trios titles on it and just kind of keep them in that mid-card area, even though that's not, but that's pretty much what it is, to just let them chill and not really shake up the rest of the card that has already been shaken to death. Yeah, you got to give them some to occupy their time. And the trios titles, I, w- I think those titles are going to main event a lot of shows because it's going to be hands down. work rate show. Yeah. I mean, good work rate, Bell. Every, every time that you, that you feature them, it's going to be a banger. You know it. Yep. And yes, you keep the Bucks out of the title picture. You keep Omega away. Because I'm still wondering. I didn't even get to ask a question on the media call today because I forgot to ask. Because I knew what I wanted to ask. Is anybody working Wrestle Kingdom? I'm very curious about if Tony Khan is sending anybody over there because I'm so all in on Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. It feels like it has to happen. Oh, so much shit talking. Gotta let that go. It, it's huge. So it's like it feels like it has to happen. But in order to do so, keeping him in a trios match, keeping the titles on them, keeping them away from everybody else and just fixating on, you know, these six-man tag matches yeah. is probably the best way to do it. No, I agree. So I, I think all's good there. Death Triangle splitting up or, you know, getting a tag team run with, um, with Pac going on and doing his own thing. Maybe getting revenge on Orange Cassidy for his title or moving into a TNT title scene or something would also be dope. And then... Next up, we have <laughs> Double J, Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal versus Sting and Darby Allen. Cole, you got to pick Jeff Jarrett. You can't have four guitars in your living room and go against Jeff Jarrett. You just can't do it. Can, can we talk about how <laughs> the guy to this guy has appeared in SummerSlam, <laughs> Ric Flair's last match, and now an AEW pay-per-view. And he was doing GCW stuff. Early and he's doing well for himself. This dude is it, like, he's hit the Grand Slam. He's doing the world tour. And it's the year 2022. And it's Jeff Jarrett. What are we? What? <laughs> Nobody asked for this. It's my world. Yeah. I mean, that's all we got. That's, you know, yeah. we're just all slap nuts and we're living in Jeff Jarrett's world. So um, they can't help themselves, but bring back old people. No one asked. You know, you know, though, uh, I will be looking forward to this match, and this is for one reason and one reason only. Crazy old man Sting. Yep. What's crazy <laughs> old man Sting going to do? Is crazy old man Sting going to take a guitar shot to the head? I don't know. He's yes. crazy. He's yeah. unhinged. Yes. Is he going to jump off from something? I don't know. He's crazy. <laughs> He's unhinged. They got to have a betting line for um, these things. Yes. yes honestly, this is, a, this is a match that, like, is kind of, like, will be, like, something that, like, they'll see the match card come up, the animated graphic for, and people go, like... Uh yeah okay I'm um, I'm good like this is like maybe I'll go make a snack or something like this cool shit's gonna happen in this match I'm just saying just just look out for it. weird weird 
weird shit is I've got I'm getting vibes on this match. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, but Cole, as for a result, Cole sold me on this match. <laughs> as for a result, I think, mm, boy, I don't. Uh, come back to me. What do you guys? Who's this, this was gonna be like my bathroom break. <laughs> I'm kind of split. Um, no, Sting must pose. Yeah, Sting. Jared, Jared's not winning. Doug, listen. Darby and Sting don't miss at pay per views. No. Every time they're in a match, that you go, ah, I don't know about this. And then Sting flies, jumps off some shit, and then Darby's flying around. And you're like, all right, I'm sold. Sting's record is phenomenal. Like he don't lose. They damn near could give him a title shot and be justified by wins and losses. They could, and it's like that's one person you could put in a title match if MJF were champion, and then be like, yeah, we're not booing Sting. Like there's no, there's no way we're booing Sting. He's no. a legend. But Sting's gonna Sting's gonna eat it uh, a guitar. He's gonna do the. Uh, he's gonna pound on his chest. He's a stinger splash, Jeff Jarrett, putting a scorpion death lock and get the tap out. Sting, there's no way Sting's losing this match. Darby be the one to lose, but I don't see that happening. I no. feel like everything's got to be, it's got to be about Sting. Yeah. And then Darby's going to do one of those, <laughs> yo, who's that giant, what's the giant dude's name? Oh, I don't know, but I like that guy. No, when he pinballed, when he hit him and just fell yeah. to the ground. <laughs> motherfucker, Darby out. Yo. He just hit his chest. Boom. Darby was running like 22 <laughs> miles an hour and, and torpedoed out of the ring and just bounced off his chest. Oh, what a great spot. They're going to do something like this again. These This match is actually probably going to be stupid. Jarrett's going to be the only person that's going to be like, what do I do with my hands? Yep. But yeah, Sting's Darby's gonna, definitely taking out the big dude. Yeah, and Jay Lethal's just, he's just really good. Jay Lethal's really fucking good. Yeah. So yeah, but Sting, he's, he's tapping Jarrett. Another ROH guy. Did, Jared yeah, is, did, Jared is not an ROH guy. You know I'm talking about Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal's not did, taking did, this. Losing. Dis- disagree. Jeff Jarrett knows exactly what he's there for. He is there for the guitar shot. He knows what to do with his hands. Yes. He's just going to be waiting there like, you're right. You're right. Uh, Jay, I'm ready. Come on. Is it time? Tag me in, slap nut. Um, give me, yeah. Uh, yeah, give me Darby and Sting. Damn, I just can't wait to see to what pick, Sting does. Yeah, you wanted to pick Jeff Jarrett. I wanted, I, I I heard, wanted to pick Jeff Jarrett. I wanted to pick Jeff Jarrett. You know, it did. There's an expiration date on this. Oh, yeah. If anything, it's more, it's more of a case of I just kind of like, at first, when Jeff Jarrett appeared in AEW, I was like, what the fuck is he doing here? But like at some point, I just kind of have to applaud it and just be like, this dude's just like... No, you don't. He's everywhere. It's yeah, a hustle. Don't. Good for him, uh, I guess. Simultaneously, in the midst of a month, Jeff Jarrett appeared on my television and JBL appeared on my television. And I was like, what <laughs> the fuck is going on? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett is Got a hustler. real country. Jeff Jarrett's a hustler. Because this dude, it's like, <laughs> yes. he's never been great in the ring. He's good. He's never been great. Like, you got to think, he's lost to China. Like, he's ate shit a lot of places. And then he ran, like, Impact I was forever. about to say, like, Impact people would disagree, probably. I don't, oh, no, I don't be, but he was, like, their worst champion. It was so frustrating because he would never lose. I remember R-Truth when he was Ron Killings beat him. Everybody was like, yeah, and then he lost. Like, Monty Brown didn't go over on Jeff Jarrett. But then somehow, in the year 2022, like Cole just alluded to, this fucking guy's been everywhere. He's just... J-A-D-J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. <laughs> you know how Jeff how long Jeff Jarrett's been around? He'll get you a light up cowboy hat. Yo, Jeff Jarrett's been around long enough to turn the roadie into the road dog. Wow. Yeah. A road dog is like completely retired. <laughs> He's just in the back burying people. Yeah. He, on saying, his podcast. What a piece of shit. Bret Hart. You know <laughs> what's wrong with you, road dog? But yeah, Jeff Jarrett's roadie was the road dog. Yep. That's how long Jeff Jarrett's been working. This man's a hustler, man. He's wow. Still got a job. 
Let's go through all the women's matches then real quick. There's three of them. Yeah. We'll go in order. Right. Women's match. Jade Cargill, Nyla Rose. Come on, man. Jade's not losing yet. No. But Jade. I love this program. Very funny. Because oh, Nyla is incredible. Yes. Insane. Her being in the lobby of the hotel, <laughs> it's just like, I have the biggest room here, but people keep walking in. <laughs> She's just in the lobby with the, just a robe on and the belt. It's Incredible. She is my champion. She's the people's champion. They have an interesting problem with Nyla Rose that can be remedied. She's a monster heel in look, but her personality is like, she's hilarious. So it's like, she's going to lose the Jade here, but I think they'd be smart to separate her and Vicky and just let her be a baby face and go on the other side and leave that TBS title alone. And I don't say this in any disrespect. She's going to lose here. And she's a lot like Big Show. She's a lot like Kane to me. Where you are monster heels, but every now and then, you guys are funny. Like, just Kane and Brian Danielson, um, or Daniel Bryan at the time. That was an incredible pairing and hilarious. Yeah. Team Hell No worked. She just needs her Team Hell No partner. She's, she's, she's excellent. She's money. But yeah, so I, I she's think eating it. <laughs> she's eating it against Jade. Yeah, yeah. Now Jade's gonna pick her up over her head, do some wild spinny shit. I don't shit know if she's gonna do all that. Yeah, it's the test of strength. You gotta have your big show nah, moment. You just hit it with the finisher. I, I don't know about like twirling around like no, a basketball. Gonna, maybe oh, off yeah. the top rope or something. Something crazy. You gotta show the feet of strength. You you remember Jade's green a little, right? Like you, I mean, they, that ain't stop him yet. Cole, <laughs> how do you see this? Yeah, I think uh definitely I, I applaud AEW Nyla Rose for Let's let's just, you know, in our final remaining days of Twitter or whatever you might think of what's going on there, we see the personality of Nyla Rose on there yep. and it never matched up with her character on television. So to see them blend that together and make that work is a credit to is an absolute credit to Nyla Rose. And I think there's two parts of this match, one that and I'm definitely rooting for Nyla to have a good showing here, but Jade needs a match. To remind us of like why we are on the Jade Cargill hype train. Oh, this ain't think, gonna be that. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's 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 tough, and maybe a te- maybe the test of strength thing helps her out a bit. Maybe that's the way we get, you know, we get there, right? Because we've tried to put like putting her with Athena didn't really work, and Athena is incredible, right? And yeah. like great work rate wrestler, but that's not where Jade is right now, right? She can't do the work rate shit. So maybe a test of strength kind of thing is exactly what she needs maybe. to to have a good showing. That, that's oh, but Jade wins. Uh, Tony Khan mentioned that the idea for this angle was Tony Schiavone. Oh, Tony Schiavone was well. like, he was like, oh, we only do this with Nyla. And they did it. And then they were like, let's just keep doing it. Oh, yeah, and then exactly. at a certain point, they were like, this is fucking great. The gold. Great. Great idea by way him. Go, way to go, Schiavone. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Schiavone. Next, we have Dr. Britt Baker. D.M.D. Versus Soraya. Who's the baby face? Who's a heel? They they fucked up. Britt Baker cut one of the best babyface promos I've heard on AEW. Yeah. And she's not a babyface. Same problem I had with MJF four weeks ago. Like this one hell of a babyface promo. This man ain't no babyface. They did it again. And then Soraya gets on the TV and she's just like, well, she completely cut my legs off from under me. But let me say why I'm here. After Britt Baker was like, I've been here the whole time. I built this company on my back. It's not your house. And Soraya was like, I came here to face the best. And you are the best woman here. I'll see you in the ring. It's like, oh, really? She's the best woman here? Because she has neither of the titles. How about you just bury your champion in your go-home promo? 
both champions. Because, to my knowledge, she just lost to one of them. No, she didn't. Britt Baker. She, she, she lost to Thunder Rosa. The, that was, you're talking about the interim title match? Yeah. The interim no, title match no, was Tony Thunder Rosa, in general, she lost the belt to Thunder yeah, Rosa. Yeah, but I think, I think everybody would agree that Britt is the best in AEW in terms Semantics. of... Semantics. You bury Tony Storm. It didn't you bury, bury Jade Tony's Cargo by it, saying that. Tony's involved in something already. I'm just saying that statement is like, I'm here to challenge the best. Then you challenge the champion because the belt means you are the best. You completely cut the legs out of the women's division yeah, by know. saying that statement. If anyone else said that about any men, you'd be like, yo, what are you talking about? It's the same Austin Theory case. No. Why are you cashing out on a lesser title when there's a champion? This is not a cash. This is not a cash. It's not a cash in, but you show up to face the best. Why don't you pick the best if you're going to get your shot? Because the the interim, the champion is out, and the interim champion's got a program with Jamie Hayter. So you go with Britt Baker. That's happened along the way. She showed up. She challenged the best. Ridiculous. The champion should be acknowledged as the best. I didn't, I didn't like Soraya's promo back. I don't know what they're doing. Soraya going heel this quick would be weird. She came back from a knee, or excuse me, like a neck concussion issue. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know who's winning. Give me Soraya to win because it's a return match. How is she going to lose? But I don't think the crowd's into this at all. Um, the crowd will be into it when Soraya comes out. Soraya, Soraya should win. Doesn't she have a MAGA theme song? I don't know. But yeah, don't her theme song's very weird. Nobody cares. Played by her boyfriend. Yeah, but they've played this all wrong. This was ended. This ends up being the worst feud they could have had for her because they should have workshopped this beforehand. This is my house. All right, and then I'm going to say, no, it's not your house. And then somebody should be like, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> now that turned you effectively into a baby face by saying that you've been here putting in the blood, sweat, and tears and she just got here. That's a... Babyface promo that you just cut. Yeah, that's Roxena. Yeah, so instead, you should be, you know, we should have paired it with somebody else probably because you can't turn Brick Baker babyface. She's as bad as babyface as Seth Rollins is as babyface. Yeah, and is. they just turned Seth babyface again, and I'm just waiting. I'm just like, it's going to get old really quick because there's not a lot that Seth can do as a, as a face that he can do as a heel. But in this case, I think Sarah's got to go over, but I don't foresee her not turning heel I think she's going to eventually turn heel. She's going to get stuck because what's going to happen is, depending on how this match goes, she's going to win in a segment and probably a significant section of this crowd is going to revolt against her win. And just boo. And then you got to kind of lean into it because you got to get a faction. You got to do something. Yeah. She's always been good with faction. She's a good good wrestler. But... Uh, yeah, they 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 botched this program entirely. Cole, who's your pick? Yeah, I, th- I mean, Soraya has to win uh, in 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 the return match. I think this brings up just kind of a, a a general note about what kind of what what has happened with Britt Baker feuds, which is I don't feel like the person feuding with Britt Baker who is playing the heel is necessarily necessarily getting elevated. Um, I think it's a case of Britt Baker ends up looking better than the person <laughs> like that she's Every feuding time. with, right? Yeah. Every time. And that's like that's like the pro and con with her character, because she is really good as a performer. And like she can drop a promo like that and get me to want to buy into the match, right? So like from her standpoint in an isolated box, that promo was fantastic. Yeah. 
where it gets tricky is the dynamics with Soraya. And it just seems like they, they've in all the times that they've kind of interacted on the mic, it doesn't quite, it, the chemistry's not there on the mic. Soraya is the chemistry seems super rusty on the mic. Is the chemistry between them as far as in the ring going to be any good? We're going to find out. I still think Britt can play her promo in the ring as a heel where she starts kind of getting ahead on Soraya and she is like, yeah, that's right. I do own this place. This is my house, right? Like she can kind of still play that promo as a heel in the ring, even though the promo came off as someone who is like, I'm putting AEW on my back. So again, Britt Baker is a really, really good performer. This is the tricky conundrum that they have with Britt Baker is they haven't quite found, they haven't found the right person to go toe to toe with her and, and be boosted by by her presence and you know maybe that's something that's that that, that's something she's working on i'm sure and i'm sure it's also AEW going like who is who's the dance partner so i'm going to say soraya uh wins this though in in return yeah it's gonna be i think the crowd will definitely get the, the the energy will pick up when soraya comes out and the bell rings and this being her first match in in such a long time so might be my wing stop break of the night. Is it is it possible? You mentioned this that Britt Baker is like Charlotte Flair. Is it possible that Britt Baker is sandbagging talent on purpose? No. Mm, think about this. Um, think about this. Charlotte does the same thing. Yes, but, but that's. But think about this. Seems malicious and in intent. It, it, but it, not it, on it, Britt Baker's fault. No, no. Think, just think about this. Shawn Michaels did the same thing. Yeah. In his early run, I'm only gonna make my friends look good. Fair. But because if you're gonna be the heel and they don't script the promos, like somebody should have stepped in and was like, "You can't do that." Yes. And because it hurts the babyface. If you think about every single Britt Baker heel, to Cole's point, nobody comes out the other side better. Your job as a talent, especially as a heel, is to elevate the babyface. They haven't done that. Charlotte cut off the knees of a lot of talent. She did. Purpose. Shawn Michaels did the same thing. Like, if he didn't want you to look good, he wouldn't allow it. I think, I think there may be a Britt Baker ego problem in the backstage. I think Britt... I would give her a little more leeway because the crowd hasn't been behind Charlotte doing it in a very long time. She is forced fed into those angles and Charlotte loves every aspect of it. So is Britt. Britt can come out and try to put someone over, but as soon as she goes DMD, everyone chants with her, everyone's behind her. She just happens to have the best combination of in-ring gimmick and work and for what it's worth, match quality so far in the women's side in AEW to back her. No one has that resume. It's it's happenstance more so than Charlotte nah. making it such. Nah, it's like I think there, there's no Sasha to bury. There's I mean, Jade Cargill aside, she's ascending, but like Sasha, Bailey, Becky, Pierce. They damn near came up at the same time. Charlotte came up a little earlier because she was Charlotte Flair. But they all ascended around the same time. She'll cut their legs out. Britt didn't have a peer. Yes, she did. Who? Who put her over? Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa took her ball and went home, too. No, she got hurt. Thunder Rosa put her over. And 
to the other. Big Swole. Swole put Baker on the map. Yes, that is true. And then Swole got cut. Yes, and Swole got cut. And then Britt's job as the top heel is to elevate a baby face. That is her job. One way or another, you have to figure out as, as a heel to do effective work is to elevate somebody. She's not doing that. And I'm starting to think it's on purpose. That, pro- that, I, that promo wasn't by accident. Damn, I took it as by accident. That, that promo was not by accident. That's bad. That's bad backstage producing by somebody. I think, I think to that point, I think, Dre, you, you bring up a really good point here. And I think it's something that's got to be on the radar at some point. I think we, I think time will go. I do think uh, in circling back, I think um, from, from that standpoint in finding someone that's going to be elevated in a feud with Britt Baker, I think they do have the person. And I think this transitions well into the next match that we're going to talk about, because I think that person's Jamie Hayter and Jamie Hayter is the one that can and, and who is be Jay- boosted off that. And it should be, but wait, Britt's not putting and, her over. And who is Jamie Hayter? Britt's friend. Yes. And Britt didn't and even got, put that's her that's over That's got to come to a head. It, it does. But in real life, again, no, it's yeah, like the click, very, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. put you over. So it's like. It's not that you don't put anyone over. You only it's put your friends over. Very that's what, select. That's what the click did. Yes, yes. The click was very like purposeful and like. To ooh. be fair, Charlotte doesn't lose much. No, but she, she doesn't. will lose to a member of the horsewomen. And that's it. It has to. So <laughs> nobody else. Oscar Streak, hell out of here. Yeah, it, 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 as a certain, Bianca, at a certain point. You go, Rhea. You go. Like, I'm a nerf Rhea in NXT. But she will lose to the horsewomen. It's very clear that Britt Baker is the, the leader in the women's locker room. It's very obvious. Charlotte is like the leader She's of the Alpha. Yeah. And and if she wants to put somebody over, I'm sure she could go. You know what? Let's do this. But Brick, every feud, even when she bled just recently, she played to the crowd. Yeah. You're the heel. Don't play to the crowd. You're making it miss because you can't put anybody over that way if you're playing both the baby face. You're cannibalizing the women's roster by doing this. Yeah. You can't. I mean, it's kind of Adam Cole-ish too. Like, not to just pair them because they're a couple, but Cole did like a lot of that. But Cole, and, and Cole Gargano, was a dick. Yeah, Cargano got over. He really fed into that. The crowd loved Cole, but he could still figure out a way to be a dick yeah. enough to, like, put other people over, right? But a lot of that was based on, like, people overcoming odds more than anything because you felt good for the baby faces because they had to go through the whole Undisputed Era when they won and less on, like, Cole as an individual guy putting people over. Uh, yeah, because I maybe she just needs a bigger stable, which I hate. Like, nah, I, I don't dude, want to say, like, everyone in AEW needs a faction. She has to stop doing babyface shit is what needs to happen. But she loves the crowd response. That's my problem. You she see, loves I'm, the DMD response. But this is exactly she what I'm talking about. of the blood and standing up. Yes. But you, at a certain point, at its, as a talent, you got to be secure. I think she's insecure in her position that she doesn't want anybody bigger than her. This is the first time that we've had a prominent women's match not involving a title on the pay-per-view. And Britt Baker's in it. You yeah. think it's by mistake? No, she's Charlotte Flair of it. Like, no one else is getting featured unless you got a belt oh. in the women's division. Except her. So, so it's your job to come in. It's Soraya's comeback story. You know what? We'll know all you need to know if Britt wins. Uh, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter at this point. Like, what we just talked about, like, Soraya's going to win. We're all like, eh. This she, already, be, she already, <laughs> she already <laughs> the, beat her. The damage is done. The she, promo. She's she already her. hurt her. <laughs> Right? And, yeah. and she probably feels good about it, too, to the yeah. point where she's like, I'm still over. I'm- she buried in her entire program. 
she beat, she bested her and everything. Yeah, I, I was just thinking the about match that. doesn't even matter. When you mentioned it, I was it like, damn, matter. nobody's getting over. Uh, Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter. Understand this interim belt. You kind of had Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa, but, but you don't know when Thunder Rosa's come back. <sighs> Tony Storm's reign has kind of been like stale to me. Let's see what Jamie Hayter got. Give her the ball, let her run. I ain't ready for that. I think it, the, the better thing to do is you have to build up the women's mid-card. Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa have to work. It has to be early next year. If Brett Baker comes to try to help Jamie Hayter and it backfires, now you have a program that has no title in it. Still got Britt Baker in it. Still got, but, <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is. Pick and choose. Because if Hayter wins and now Hayter has a t- title and she's going to face Britt Baker for the belt, Tony Storm gets lost in the shuffle, just like Ruby Soho. Think about all the people Britt has dealt with. They've all gone to the back of the line. So the smart thing to do is have Britt ruin it for her. And then Hayter and Baker can have a great program because it's a feud that doesn't need a title. Oh. And then Tony Storm, and eventually you can work Thunder Rosa because in the interim, Tony Storm, like Layla Hirsch is still out, so she could be back at some point. Red Velvet needs to be back at some point. You can work other people into yeah. this program, but if you put the title on Hayter, one, if Tony Storm just beats Hayter, the fans are going to revolt. Everybody likes Jamie Hayter. They've been like Jamie Hayter since yeah. the first day that they saw her. It was like, wow, she's got some. So she can't just win clean. Someone called this thickamania. Yeah, I was love saying, them both. She can't, Tony Storm can't just win clean. Britt's got to blow it for her. So now the fans will buy into that and leave Tony Storm alone. So you have to make sure Tony comes out sweet and Jamie comes out on fire and then Britt reestablishes herself as a heel because right now they got a little bit of a mess going on in this women's division. Cole? Yeah, I think I think yeah. J- Jamie's story is not with Tony. Uh, is not with Tony Storm. Jamie's story is with Britt. So I I definitely agree. Shenanigans have to be a play here. It is tough because like yeah, again, t- Tony's supposed to be. I-, I think Tony's supposed to be the babyface champ, and yeah, Jamie is white hot the second the, that she comes out. Crowd loves her, and yeah, like I think we have to. And that's the thing I think that bugs me the most is we were getting to to Jamie versus Britt. We were getting there, and I'm not quite sure what exactly put the wrench into the plans. No, I clue. mean, just went based on what we talked about the last segment. There's another option of something that could have happened. I don't know, but J- Jamie knows. versus Britt is eventually where we're going uh, at some point. Whether there's a belt for it or not doesn't really matter. That that feud's got all it needs. Yes, uh, it doesn't even, it doesn't need the belt. If it has a belt, great. Um, so I think Tony Tony wins this. And and again, Tony's Tony's been doing all the right things too. Tony's showing up every week. She's on television every week. So it's it's just it's it's just a tough spot because there are feuds that need to be happening in that division and they're not happening. Yep. Next up, uh, only three more to go. So we close this out shortly. Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson versus Claudio versus Sammy Guevara. I don't know why Sammy is in this match. I guess it's to even the odds, but it is for uh title for the ROH title like if he's not going to be Jericho then why would he be in this match if he has no chance of winning this so I feel like shenanigans are afoot give me Chris Jericho retaining by pinning Sammy Guevara somehow they're going to get into a position where Sammy will lay down for Jericho or maybe Sammy just takes a a finisher by someone else Jericho capitalizes Sammy's like what the hell or we see Jericho mistakenly hit him with like a Judas effect. Danielson drops down, gets 
Sammy is like, well, you're here. Let me pin you. So there's there's ways to get to it. But I think Sammy Guevara takes the pin. Jericho makes the pin. And we go into final battle with Jericho as the champion. And he can lose it to whoever there at an ROH pay-per-view. Just losing the belt ROH title in the midst of a random AEW pay-per-view. Or not a random one, but an AEW pay-per-view. Doesn't feel as special as he's tormented ROH. Let him lose it at ROH. Good pick. Cole, I'll let you go. This match is interesting. I think this this match, I think, is going to feed into what my theme of the evening is going to be. I think this match opens the card, uh, first off. And I think this is where we're going to start seeing the beginning of the end of Blackpool Combat Club. I think this is where the cracks in the armor are going to start showing. You're retiring between your hoodie? Match, between this, oh, no, that, that hoodie's great. <laughs> that hoodie's sick. We'll always be there, damn it. Um, <laughs> but I think this will start the night, and obviously the main event will be the main event. Um, I think there's a wild card that we need to consider here for shenanigans because, interestingly enough, Daniel Garcia is nowhere to be found on this pay-per-view card. But there's a lot of people in this match that Daniel Garcia is uh, has has kind of his the, the roots tied up in. So... I think we could see something here where, you know, it doesn't seem like Garcia has, I mean, like Garcia has helped Jericho out here and there, but he's kind of his, he's kind of an enigma. And I think this could be the point where possibly, I think here's, 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 I'm just going to book this and, and put this out there. I'm not sure if this is going to happen, but I think Brian Danielson's going to win. And I think Brian Danielson's going to win either pinfall or submission to Claudio. I think he's going to get the win via that way. And I think Daniel Garcia maybe helps out in some way, shape or form here. And at the end of that match, we've got Garcia and Daniel uh, and Danielson up on the ramp celebrating the victory. Not mad at that. Wow. This to me, this is the hardest match to predict because the, the question keeps popping up. Why is Sammy in this match? Why is he? <laughs> and on one hand, like, Sammy has go-home heat, right? Like, if anybody watched the Deji Floyd Mayweather pay-per-view. Talk about cricket. Boy, he's in a tough spot. But he's, he's wildly talented. But he needs a reset. And he needs to be in Ring of Honor. And they need to get him out of the Jericho Appreciation Society because everywhere that Jericho has gone, Sammy's been right there. There needs to be friction between those two in this match. Sammy's not going to lay down for Chris, and that's going to cause a problem. To Cole's point, Blackpool Combat Club, we're in the final days. So there's a lot of things moving around that makes this hard to predict. Also, to your point, Jericho losing a final battle makes more sense than him losing here. When I originally thought about this, I thought Claudia was going to win. Now I'm like, well, how do we get out of this? And if Jericho stays the champion and go into final battle... And at the same time, maybe a final battle is where the TV deal happens. But who? But you got to have people dedicated to Ring of Honor. Yeah. Jericho's not going to be dedicated to Ring of Honor. So either he's probably going to lose it there or he's going to lose it here. He's losing the title in the next month. Sammy Guevara needs the reset. Could he win the Ring of Honor title? Yeah, but I wouldn't put him to headline final battle because I think fans are just going to be like, yuck. At least Claudio and Danielson. 
Danielson's such a viable commodity to AEW. It's hard for me to see him winning the title and then going to Ring of Honor. But then on the other side of that, it's like, but if you asked him to do it, he'd be the first 100%. one to be like, I'm putting motherfuckers over. 100%. Everybody's going to wrestle me. Yep. Him being the first New Deal ROH champion after the pay-per-view would be huge. And I get it. There's going to be a segment of wrestling Twitter that's going to be like, ah, they're demoting him to Ring of Honor. No. But this will be some shit that Danielson wants to do. Yes. And him versus Jericho is money in a main event for ROH. So, if they go that route. So I think I'm going to go with Jericho retaining because I originally went with Claudio. Claudio is going to go to ROH. Claudio belongs in ROH. They should find a way to get Chris Hero back and bring back the Kings of Wrestling. Um, I don't know how much Chris Hero weighs these days. Don't matter. Don't count that out. But uh, I bet I th- you that man's still agile. I think Jericho wins. Sammy doesn't do what Jericho wants him to do. He finds himself out as well. He's going to end up working final battle. Maybe it's Daniel Garcia for the pure title. And Danielson and Jericho will work final battle in the main event. Like it. There we go. I Jericho like that wins. main event. And then, let's see, the acclaimed versus Swerve in our glory. <sighs> I don't know. Bowen's just posted his arm in a sling. I think it's a work. But yeah. we'll we'll see. It's, it's a work off that nasty fall. Move. No, the nasty move that Swerve did. Where he stomped the arm. Oh. Woo, that, yeah. that was the thing. So yeah, I think I think it's a work. Oh yeah, and their solo match. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. Which was really good. It was. The claimed retain, because Swerve and Lee, it's time for them to break up. You talk about people breaking up. Time for them to break up. The storyline did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Swerve is going to do some heel shit. Maybe go for the arm again. Like, no mercy. And Keith Lee is going to stop him. It's going to lead to them, I don't know, Bowen's getting the small package win against Swerve. And Swerve looking at Keith Lee like, yo, WTF. Keith pushes him. Swerve pushes him. And the breakup is there. I just wonder, before I go to you, Cole, what if Keith Lee just buys in? And just goes heel with him? Yep. I don't know. Then he's Bearcat Lee. Keith just seems so jolly as a I, black I man. I know, I know. But Keith, if you look at Keith His Lee. His vocabulary is like I very baby faces. But there's a part of me that says this company needs more heels. And if Keith was like a heel heel. It'd be great. Like a him and Wardlow program. There's a lot of ways you can go. But I, I don't I've never seen him do it. So yeah. I don't know. I don't. And the other part of this is if the acclaimed win, they're eventually going to have to deal with FTR. Yep. And that's that's tough sledding. Because FTR is as over as fuck, and so is the claim. You could do the two babyface thing, but do you really want to? I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna say the acclaim win, and maybe not right here they break up, but th- there's a miscommunication, and Keith is like, I'm done with you. Yeah. On dynamite or some shit like yeah. that. But the acclaim gonna retain. Um It'd be accusations on dynamite. False accusations. <laughs> Cole, who accusations. are you taking? Um <laughs> Yeah, I feel like as far as the endings go to to, to matches and, and predictions, I feel like I would be. I think we would all be very shocked if Swerve and Our Glory won this match. I think. I think this is as far as the matches go. I feel like this is more about how we get there, not what's the result going to be. Um, yeah, I I I would tend to buy into Keith, Keith Lee is 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 still very much like in support kind of 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 the acclaimed whenever swerve is up to you know menace mode shit so i think yeah i think it's going to be a miscommunication on their team the acclaimed sneak out with the win it's in jersey 
right next door to New York where they got their big home win. So um, I think the acclaimed, the acclaimed win here, um, I think it's really going to be a question if, uh, if, uh, if Will Washington's going to interfere in this matchup <laughs> after being called out uh, in the, uh, in the acclaims rap. So uh, yeah, I, I wonder if we're going to get some interference from the dirt sheets here, but I still Hilarious. think that uh, I still think the acclaim are going to win. What a hilarious rap video. Oh, that was great. Phenomenal. Captain Uh, Insano, guys. It's 2022, and we've got Captain Insano. Captain Insano done gone bald. Is that what you signed Paul White for? I guess (laughs) that's what we signed Paul White for. That's what we're doing. Everybody asked for all these years, like, what the fuck did they sign the big show for? And here he is, Captain Captain Insano. Insano. It's been Paul White's best work in years, being back as Captain Insano. Great job. And then Moxley MJF main event on, to I'm wrap gonna, up the I'm show. just going to start because you know how I feel about this. If MJF doesn't go heel and Regal uses the brass knucks and kills Moxley, I don't know what we're doing here. Throw it all away. There's only one way to go. People's like, Regal turn heel? Regal is the ultimate fucking heel. Have you watched wrestling for the past 30 years? Some just watched NXT. Dog, Regal has been a heel forever. Seeds were planted. Be a heel. Do it to somebody's face. He's going to brass knucks Moxley in the face in this match. It's going to decimate the Blackpool Combat Club. MJF is and Regal's going to be the Heyman to MJF's Roman Reigns. And we're off to the races with these two just being complete assholes running roughshod on everything. There. I guess I will go next. No, Cole, you go. I'll, I'll, I'll back clean up. Inter- interesting. Yeah, I, I, get, I think my prediction's a little bit more subtle than that, but it follows the same the 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 same line. And maybe maybe we get to Regal and MJF being together, but I think in in my head, here's ultimately Moxley wins is is where I'm going. I believe Moxley's going to retain the championship. But this is how we're gonna get there. MJF obviously has kind of been in this weird in-between mode, right? And Regal's been the one to challenge him. Again, I think this feud has not been MJF John Moxley. This no. feud has been MJF and William Regal. Um, and yes, do not be fooled by you, Rice Krispie Treat, you. Don't be fooled by that. Just, just look in his eyes, man. Regal still goes to the, to go to the crazy heel eyes. So <laughs> I think what's going to happen is MJF is going to have Moxley down for a little bit. Regal's going to look him in the eyes. Regal's going to pull out the brass knuckles. I think Regal's going to set them in the ring right at MJF's feet. Go. If you're such, if you are the devil, if you are the bad guy, prove it. Show me. Show me that this is what you're all about. And I think MJF's going to have that kind of conflict moment, and that's how Moxley's going to be able to come back into the match and and beat uh, MJF via, via the moments of hesitation. Kind of a little bit similar, but much better executed um, to Hangman kind of having that belt against CM Punk and thinking he's going to use it. Is he going to use it? Is he not going to use it? This is a much better way to do it. I think that's a really good finish. And it still gives heat to Blackpool Combat Club internally because Moxley's going to be like, wait, why were you giving him the brass knucks to punch me in the face? Like, what's that about? So that's how I see it. I will boo my television so loud that they will hear me in their arena if that happens. I'll say this. My biggest concern with what you've concocted, Cole, is that Having MJF waffle on something is not the way to go. Ultimate babyface. Yeah, like you. I think we got to steer him so far away from this. We got to bring heat to him quick. I will boo him until there is no more room to boo. Yeah, all the air out my lungs. 
So I have multiple ways for MJF to go heel in this match. I will go different than yours then. I will say it was MJF all along, and he's always been the devil in disguise, yeah. and that the firm never really turned on him. No, I, I think that is also part of this too. It has all been concocted, yeah. and the beatdowns and everything was all part of the master plan to make him sympathetic, and the firm is going to help him win this. And then, now on Dynamite's where you get the final of it, I think we see all ego get kicked out of the firm. And MJF is the leader. But you built Ethan Page up enough that now he can go on and he has a rift against MJF. Mm. But I think MJF, it's going to be proven with Stokely with the fucking maniacal laugh. and the ha -ha. This was all part of the plan from when they got him the chip. When they got everything. This was all a master concoction by MJF. And to add salt to the wound, because Regal obviously not turning in this case, they all beat the shit out of Regal. Extra heat. Regal's been telling him who he was. Regal wants to see it. Not only does he beat Mox by shenanigans, they all hold up Regal. He hits Regal with the brass knucks, splits him open. Blood Regal everywhere. The crowd loves Regal. He makes him bleed. He beats the shit out of Regal. Now the Blackpool Combat Club, if they are still together, they're back in Regal. He puts Regal on the shelf. Mox is pissed. Everyone's pissed. He's the ultimate heel again. Hmm, interesting. Not uh, cheering the man after he beats the hell out of Regal. Eh, you can. I think <laughs> you can. Th there's a lot of ways they could go, but I think at the end of the day, you have to go with MJF winning and MJF being the heel. Moxley also needs his vacation. It's time. It's time. And I uh, keep going back to Regal using the Nucks on Moxley and busting him up. Good. That's why I was like, he's been bleeding so much. I like to save it for a moment. Put like them both this. on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, There's well, eight members of the firm. I'm, my, my other thing about this, strangely, is I want Stokely out of this. It's a weird dynamic for Stokely. He's, can we talk about this? Since he's left Evolve, he hasn't been paired with no. any group that works outside of Jade and the Baddies. And they moved his ass along so quick. That I was like, wait, that could have worked. Yeah, there was, there, he's so good. Like, Stokely Hathaway is so good at what he does, but they haven't paired him with the right person. No. Putting with MJF is useless. MJF doesn't it? No. The reason why I think Regal works is because Regal has been the ultimate villain, and that could, he could be your advocate. Stokely could be like a sleazy Heyman-ish, but the other guys in the firm need him more than right. MJF. So maybe if you talk more, but I like MJF with Muscle. Muscle, I liked him with Wardlow. I like him with Morrissey. That becomes his like predominant muscle. Like there's a tag team to be sleazy. I, I just wish, you know. Moriarty Stok can actually wrestle. I would like to see Stokely and Moriarty build something. Well, if you send Moriarty to ROH, right. Stokely can go between brands. Not wrestlers necessarily, but now Stokely's giving him the rub of still being in the firm in ROH. And then Blackpool Combat Club holds a title there. Why can't? Moriarty challenged to be the pure champion. Dog, it's right there. up his alley. And, like, you can kind of... The ass boys can probably benefit from going for the ROH titles because they're done with the main title scene. Well, they're so, already... They're angling them to, towards FTR yeah, now. So, like, Stokely can be the, the blend between both yeah. on both networks. I also want to make it very clear. Like, Stokely and Lee Moriarty make a ton of sense. And more importantly, 
If y'all don't do Lee Moriarty versus Daniel Garcia for that pure title, your you're are money, fucking so. up. Yeah. Moriarty's yeah. one of the most talented wrestlers and unique wrestlers on the roster. He just needed an edge and he's slowly getting it. Yep. And you have him work Daniel Garcia at final battle. I don't know how you get there. I don't know. Garcia's not necessarily a face, but dog. They would tear it down. But Stokely is just, he's been miscast everywhere he goes because he, he makes things great. Diamond Mind, he made great. He makes everything great. And they just kind of move him around. Yeah, but he, they don't give him like the right crew. They need, he needs one. He needs one person. And not that what's his face was bad by any means, but Stokely, if he had like a hurt business, he need yeah, would have been money in that crew. He he would have, but you but got you have if, to give him something that he can help elevate with his yeah. mouth. And they haven't done that. MJF is not the right person for him. So no. we'll see if MJF if MJF is in the ring, just stand there, smile, laugh. Yeah, if everybody I mean. else is in the ring, cut promos for them. Yep, that's what I would assume he would do in the firm. So we'll see how all this plays out. It's going to be one hell of a weekend for wrestling. Didn't get to WWE today, but guess what? Two wrestling shows next week because we really don't have boxing to recap. Don't have MMA. They're taking an off week and only Derek Lewis fight. So we're coming in here. Well, actually, yeah, we'll have two shows because we'll drop one earlier in the week to recap AEW and then preview WWE Survivor Series to get you through your Thanksgiving break. Yep. So you guys will have plenty of the corner podcasts all wrestling week to be thankful for on Thanksgiving. So we appreciate you all to producer Cole, baby, always great when he joins the show and gives his predictions. And, uh, you know, people love if, if I have general hot takes, Cole, you are the king of wrestling hot takes. So they, uh, love, you know, they I, love your booking, Cole. Got to, got to try to, got to try to make it interesting. You know, that's, that's what it's all about. Hey, hey, question. Can we get like Regal? I know Regal is part of AEW. He's not part of WWE anymore. Can we get Regal to sign like an eight second contract with WWE just so he can say war games? Can we, we need, can we, we need can to, we get right? this? We need to just like yeah. artificially just pump in his voice. Yep. Get a, get a, get a, like someone who can really impersonate William Regal really, really well. And just have him say war games. I think. It's not. It's not going to be the same without without William Regal saying war games. So yeah, true. now we got bad news on the commentary desk. Yeah, I no. feel like he can do it and, and try his best. You know, he can't. It's can't WWE. Be far off. They can hire a professional uh, <laughs> voice voice actor to like impersonate William Regal. Just be like, can you do proper English, dude? Who's been a heel his entire life? Can you do it? Please? You have a heel English dude on the commentary. No, nah, it's not the same. Not the same. Not the same. <laughs> it's like diet Regal. He is a professional wrestler. I'm talking about professional voice actor. Okay. Let's just get, get you know, just someone who can WWE. Just do if it you need someone, uh, we can volunteer producer Cole Bebe. To come in there, you know, drop, drop I can, in for I you. I cannot do that. I cannot do the regal impression. I uh, wish I could. I really wish very I could. Good. But. We'll lock him in a room. He'll listen to the Beatles between now and Thursday. <laughs> he will then come out. He'll be able to give you the perfect accent. Problem solved. Wow. So uh, li- li- Liverpool is not going to get it done. That is just a uh, Liverpool accent will not get it done. For I'll tell you this regal. much. For our Thursday show next week, producer Cole Bebe will record the intro for us on that show and he will end it with a prime William Regal war games before we get into our prediction. Wow. So we're putting the pressure on him. We appreciate all of you guys. To everyone here at Blue Wire Studios, Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. Make sure you guys stop by if you guys are in town, but not during Thanksgiving week because we won't be here. We're pre-recording those wrestling yes. shows, enjoying time with the family. So on, outside of that, we appreciate you, though. Check out our other episodes, our boxing episode is still dropping. Oh, actually, boxing episode came out yesterday. Before then, our MMA episode. Tons of content here on the Corner Podcast. Until next time, 
We're out. Peace.